going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Silver and Black Hole Podcast, exclusively on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network here on SB Nation. I am your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my man, Kalen, as we will break down what the hell happened in Oakland in the Raiders' final game in the city of Oakland at the Coliseum. We'll get into that, what's, what's going on for the future of the Raiders moving forward the next couple of games ahead. And who's going to be crossing the state line as the Raiders move from Oakland to Las Vegas? Will Derek Carr be stuck on a tarmac? We'll, we'll break all that down and more here in the silver and black hole. Now, on Sunday, the Raiders had a comfortable lead, playing very well, I might add, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who basically have nothing to play for. They were blown out a week prior against the Los Angeles Chargers, 45-10. to 10. And therefore, they come to Oakland. So you would expect that the Chargers can blow out the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Raiders, whom appear to be maybe not in the last few weeks, but appear to be a much better team than the Jacksonville Jaguars, you would expect to win, especially with everything surrounding it. This is the last game in Oakland, final home game. And so, therefore, you would expect them to go out on top, right? It's the end of the legacy in Oakland. We'll get into that a little bit more later on in the show. But you would expect all those factors to play some sort of relevancy, and on the on the on the minds of the of the Raiders, coaching staff, the players, along with the fans. But oh no, you know what they had to do in the last minute and a half. The Raiders fell apart. The Jaguars were going down the field, moving the chain, and guess what happened? With Thirty-one seconds left. They scored a touchdown. So guess what? Unless you're going to kick the ball off and run it back, which I didn't see the Raiders doing, they lost 20-16, to 16, which is absolutely absurd. This is your final game in Oakland, and therefore you crap the bet. And, of course, Raider fans booed. Derek Carr, which they should have. And I've actually been in favor of Derek Carr. But the way that they played on those last couple of drives was pathetic. And they disappointed Raider Nation. They disappointed the Raider fans in Oakland who have been coming to games for years in that dump of a coliseum. And this is how you say thank you to the Raider faithful. You give them an L to send them off as their last and final memory ever playing in Oakland. You decide to give them an L. No excuse for that. Against an inferior team, a 4-9, well now 5-9 team, in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you didn't have enough pride, or dare I say heart, to finish the game. And that's been the Raiders' problem up and down throughout the season. Their, their inability to finish. 
and it showed yesterday. Of all days not to finish, you finish on a day where it's the last game ever in Oakland. So the last memory for fans in Oakland who are Raider, who are Raider Nation, and Raider Nation is stronger than ever, this is the memory you send them out with, an L. That's how you move? That's how you get out? Okay. And so, I don't blame a Raider fan. They threw nachos all in the, in the end zone. There were people charging the field. Some got arrested, which I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, you try to throw a Hail Mary. That didn't go off well. And so as Derek Carr exited the field, he heard booze. Can't say I blame the fans. Hey, the fans' fault. It's your fault for your inability to finish a game and to contain an inferior team. And as the players came over to slap hands with the fans, which they normally do and have done throughout this season, they were riddled with booze. And I can't blame them. You're lucky nothing that was was hauled over at the players. Raider Nation don't play. You lucky benches and, and, and chairs and stuff weren't thrown. And soda and, and beer and stuff wasn't thrown on the players. You're lucky that didn't happen. But I tell you what, if I'm a Raider fan this week, I'm not happy, especially if I live in Oakland and gave all my money, blood, sweat, time, and tears to this team, and that's how they sent me out with an L. Totally disrespectful. I mean, you have to look at this as well. Gardner Minshew coming into this game was four and seven as a starter and which isn't too terrible for a backup who had no expectations coming into the season but this is not the way to send fans out especially when you're moving to Las Vegas no fan base wants a team to move especially their team and sending them out losing to a now five and nine Jacksonville team. That's not the way you do it. That doesn't do anything to the fan base. Doesn't thank them in any way. Or it doesn't do diddly squat for fans. Especially when you miss a field goal before you give up that touchdown. I mean you had still lost by one had you given up that touchdown, but they would not have gotten in the field position that they did and wouldn't have possibly scored on that final drive. Losing 2016 and only scoring 16 points in this game against, it, like you said, an inferior opponent is nothing to be proud of. Not the way to leave a historic city in Oakland, not a way to leave the black hole, not the way to leave the Oakland Alameda Coliseum, not any way that any fan, any person wanted to see it. And then in regards to your point about fans throwing, you don't do that as fans. Don't. And why not? Why? Because that's a, that's a sign of disrespect. They were there like their whole 
in the whole history besides one a, year. Kayla, is it not a sign of disrespect to actually, as you let's, let's go, let's dial it back, let's dial it back a bit. You spoke about the field goals that they missed. That would have put it. You missed points on the board. The fact that your defense cannot come up and stop a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last two-minute stretch, I would have booed them too. That team deserved to get booed. They played like crap. They wet, They crapped the bed. Derek Carr was 22 for 36 for 267 in a TD. Okay? He didn't have the greatest game. Not only that, the Raiders dominated and had a 16-3 halftime lead. You allowed the Jacksonville Jaguars to score twice and dominate the fourth quarter with two touchdowns, which prevailed them to win. They absolutely deserve to get booed. Those fans were absolutely in the right to get booed, to boo those, those players, rather. Derek Carr deserved to get booed for his performance. Even after the game, John Gruden came out and said, you know what, we're sorry for the way that we performed. Now, if he wasn't in the wrong, why would you apologize? Because you know you played like crap. You know your team played like crap. You coached like crap. And that's why you got the L instead of getting the last W forever in Oakland. Do you realize how that's going to mentally affect Raider fans in Oakland moving forward? This was a team that everybody had hopes for to at least make the playoffs, whether that be a wild card or try to compete for the AFC West crown. And trust me, they had opportunities to compete for that crown this year. Because Kansas City at moments wasn't the strongest Kansas City team that we're seeing right now. Let's not also forget the fact that the last few weeks that the Raiders played, they crapped the bed. They lost at home to the Tennessee Titans. They got destroyed at home by the Tennessee Titans. The Sunday before that, on December 1st, they played the Chiefs, which was a crucial game in the AFC West. They couldn't even score more than double digits. They scored nine points. Let's take it back a week prior than that against the, the New York Jets, where they only scored three points. So the last win that this these Raider fans will remember at Oakland Alameda Coliseum or whatever the hell it's called, was against a sorry Bengals team that they only beat by a touchdown, which was 17-10. to 10. So, of course, they deserve to get booed. If that's their last memory of winning against, uh, at that time, a donut and 10 team in the Cincinnati Bengals, and you have the great opportunity to, to have the fans cheer you as you go off into the sunset because you are moving to Vegas? Excuse me. You deserve to be booed for that performance, especially when you had the lead up until 31 seconds remaining. You had the lead. And you blew it. You tripped off the win. So, no, they do deserve to be booed. It's not disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the players to play like crap in front of their home fans. And those fans, Raider Nation has been faithful. Win, lose, or draw. They're some of the most insane fans I've ever seen. Some of the most passionate fans I've ever seen. And yes, I'm sure 
a good size of the the fans in Oakland will be traveling to Vegas because it is Las Vegas. But there are some that refuse not to because they are moving. They're hurt. They're upset. So they won't be watching the Raiders at home games anymore. No more, you know, uh, cookouts in the parking lot. No more tailgating. If they want to tailgate, they have to take a flight or drive to Vegas. And this is the way you send out. This is the way you send out your fans. This is the way you thank your fan base. Nah, man, I'm sorry, I can't go along with that. Well, you don't throw things onto the field too. Throwing trash, throwing beer bottles, throwing whatever you could onto the field. That is disrespect. You don't do that, especially when a team has played for your city for as long as they have. And if you look at the facts, the Raiders had no choice but to move to Las Vegas. There was no viable option for them to stay in Oakland. And they tried repeatedly, time after time after time again. They tried. I get that they crapped the bed, as you said, in this game. 16-3 at the half, 17-zip in the second half, lose by 4, 20-16 in the final minute. Yes, they crapped the bed. They could be booed, but here's the thing. When Derek Carr goes to thank the black hole and walks over there to thank them for all they've done, and then you boo him, you do that, he played for your city. He's done a lot for your city and everything. When he thanks you, you might as well reciprocate that at least a little bit. You can boo the whole team out of the field, but when someone goes there to thank you, that is a sign of disrespect do you, in my mind. Do you understand Red Nation? I don't think you understand Raider Nation. I don't think you understand the fan base. Because if you did, you wouldn't be saying that. And the reason why I say that is this. You, anybody knows how passionate Raider fans are. You know when you go to Raider games, you don't wear the opponent's jersey. Or you subject to get your ass kicked. That's how Raider fans are. Is it right? No, but that's how Raider fans are. I've been to Raider games. The police will look the other way as you're getting beat up. And then once it's enough and they say, okay, they I've seen them arrest the opposing fan, the opposing team's fan for starting the fight. That's the Raider Nation. Now I do agree with you on this point. They should be throwing things on the field because other people, equipment people, maintenance people could get injured while they're on the field taking care of the field. I do agree with you on that part, because I think that's uncomfortable to throw stuff on the field. I think that's uncalled for. However, bullying Derek Carr is absolutely called for. And Derek Carr needs to take that needs to take that on the chin. He should have nothing to say the way he played and the way his team played. Nothing. You should you you he he should have taken that L and taken those boos and said, Okay, I'm gonna take this one on the chin. Because he knows deep down he deserved it. He knows he deserved it. Yes, but I'm saying when the whole team walks off the field, you can boo them for their whole performance. You can boo them for everything that they did in this game, that they haven't played up to par in the totality of their time in Oakland. Yes, they've had ups and downs, but there has been one whole big stack of moment. I get that. But when someone goes up to think, the fans, your starting quarterback, that 
is where you should show a sign of respect that someone like that is going there for the purposes of thanking your fans. Okay. You know, you, you, actually, you contradict yourself. Because you say in one moment, you say, okay, if you want to boo the team, you boo the team. Is Derek Carr not part of the team? So does it really matter if they're individual or, or go off as a collective? Booing is booing, correct? So what does it matter if Derek Carr goes up by himself or even if if it's, if it's a team effort? Booing is just booing. I mean, I'll give you a quote that Derek Carr said. Derek Carr said, quote, according to NBC Sports Bay Area, oh, gosh, what's new with our crowd? Carr said jokingly, postgame, trust me. It's not under my skin. It's nothing new. I just wanted to say thanks. Whenever I'm done playing football, they get mad at somebody else, somebody that's the quarterback. You know what I mean? There have been too many good times, too many fun memories I've had, especially with those certain people, where it's our last time there. So he even gets it. He even gets it. He understands it. And even even, even Coach Gruden said, quote, I like to say we we could have sent the Raider off the Raider fans off with a lot better finish than that. I really apologize we weren't able to, to deliver a victory. He understood that. So my whole thing is this. Derek Carr deserved to get booed. He knows he deserved to get booed. John Gruden knows he deserved to get booed. It's no big deal. That's part of that's part of sports. And when you're dealing with sensitive Raider fans and, and people that are emotionally driven, this is what you get. If you've ever been to any NFL game with a fan base as, as deep as the Raider fan base is, been to Cowboy games, maybe Stiller games, you know what it's about. You don't play up to par. I've been to Ram games. Well, I've covered Ram games. The Rams haven't played well in a half. They get booed. And you know what? The fans are absolutely within their right. As long as they're not saying anything derogatory or racist or, you know, anything of that nature, I'm okay with people booing. They have every right to boo. I've been in Charger games. They booed the Chargers. They have every right to boo. Raider games are no different. They're just more intense and more passionate. That's it. I said that they can boo when the team walks off the field. But when someone goes up to thank you, I get that they're emotional and everything like that. But when you're going up to thank the crowd, thank the black hole, thank Raider Nation and everyone like that, I get that they know the crowd. But when you go up to specifically thank a fan base, thank your supporters, thank everyone in the crowd. That is not a time to boo. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That is the best time to boo. They deserved it. You go sit up and say they didn't deserve it? I said when the team walks off the field, no, no, no. I'm asking you a direct question. Whether it's individual or collectively, this team didn't deserve to get booed? Yes. Okay. 
That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Because now, if you're the Raiders, what are you really playing for? What are you playing for at this point? Because you're not making the playoffs. You're probably going to finish 8-8 eight and eight, more than likely, which they, they have a great opportunity to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. Because I can see them coming to Los Angeles and beating the Chargers, who also have absolutely nothing to play for. So what are you playing for at this point? Are you playing for next season as far as you're evaluating new talent? Do you allow Josh Jacobs to finish out the season? But we all know he he's not 100% healthy. Even though he had 89 yards yesterday, excuse me, on Sunday, rather, he had 89 yards. Which is which is really uh, a nice bounce back since he did miss uh, a game the prior week, and I think Josh Jacobs is definitely still on my own on court on point rather to be rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Now, do you shut down Josh Jacobs or do you let him play out the rest of the season? I would let him play to finish the season strong. Why? When you Why? Because he's getting paid by my team to play the for the season. No, no, no. I, forget the payment. That 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 people take time off all the time. Payment means nothing. I'm asking you, and I'm I'm trying to get your perspective on: Are you playing him because you're trying to help him get the offensive rookie of the year and get him into a stronger position? Or are you paying him for? To a, for analysis as far as seeing how, how well he's going to do or project what he's going to do next year. Because if you're doing that, if you haven't gotten an idea of what he's going to do in the years to come, then you need to step down as a coach or as, as, as an evaluator of talent. Or are you doing this to get him a stronger case for offensive rookie of the year? In my opinion, I would do it for to put him in a stronger position to earn him and help him earn Offensive Rookie of the Year because he rightfully deserves it after what he has done this entire season. Well, here's the thing. When I look at Offensive Rookie of the Year, right, the 2019 season, you got Kyler Murray, you have Josh Jacobs. You have David Montgomery, who's the running back from the, the Chicago Bears. You have Marquis, You have Hollywood Brown for the Baltimore Ravens, who actually has makes a stronger case. And you have A.J. Brown, who's the wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans, right? Out of those five, I would say he would probably, if he, if he loses the Offensive Rookie of the Year, It'll probably be the Kyler Murray. I would say you're pr- because- probably right on that because Kyler Murray is a quarterback, and if quarterbacks show up and perform and provide excitement in their first year, they typically win. Well, Kyler Murray's the complete package. I mean, this is the same Kyler Murray that John Gruden looked at as well as a potential draftee, you know, in in this past year's draft. 
So Kyler Murray is a day one starter in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Um, the thing about it is he's a multiple, you know, with, with the stretch defenses horizontally and vertically um, that Arizona had, it allowed, you know, that it allowed Kyler Murray to have some early success. And then he has a quick release for these short tosses. He's able to find his targets on point. Um, you know, he's been an all-around stud as it pertains to salvaging the Arizona Cardinals organization as well as trying to get them into a respectable conversation as a, as a team. So when I look at Kyler Murray and what he's done, all he's been asked to do as a quarterback with little to no opportunities for him to, to throw the ball to top-notch targets, I mean, look, this guy that definitely got to be leading the pack. Now, if I'm looking at Josh Jacobs, absolutely I look at Josh Jacobs um, because if you look at the, the people who – the last three, I think I believe the last three running backs that have won this award uh, were Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, and Todd Gurley, right, as offensive uh, rookies of the year. So those are the last three running backs to win the award. So if Josh Jacobs, who I feel has a very, very strong case, to win offensive rookie of the year. I agree with you. I think you do have to play him, but he has to at least get over 100 yards and score touchdowns in the last couple of games if he's going to make a strong case. Because the fact that he's missed time, has, I believe, has hurt him, which is why he's not the number one guy like he once was in the probably in the, the first four or five games of the season when we saw him really have that burst. Um, but at the same time, um, the fact that he can catch the ball, he has excellent ball tracking skills, uh, which have been able enabled him to be successful. I mean, he he's a, he knocks it out the park when it comes to short yard uh, gains and short yard touchdowns. Uh, this is a kid that's absolutely special. Um, the thing about it is, when I look at the combination of his size, agility, and strength. For a young guy to be the number one guy when he when coming out of Alabama, he was probably I think the third option. This is a remarkable stretch, and the way that John Gruden has brought him along, even from the from camp, training camp, preseason into the regular season, has been absolutely remarkable. And I have to give a lot of credit to that coaching staff because they didn't pile too much on him too soon. They allowed him to fill his plate gradually and that's why he's been so successful now unfortunately he suffered a couple of injuries that have allowed him to miss a couple of games but in its totality when I look at Josh Jacobs if Kyler Murray happens to fall off in the next two games which is there is a chance he can because he's going up against the Rams on the road in LA and the Rams defense at home is usually done pretty well and Josh Jacobs has a good game, the last a good two games, I should say, that might propel him to get into the number one slot and win the award. You also have another running back behind him in David Montgomery, who's also been a key factor with the, the Bears offense. Um, so you have to look at that. Hollywood Brown, what can I say? The Ravens are the top dog. you got a, a great quarterback in, in Lamar Jackson. Guarantee you he won't be booed. Um, the guy can catch and run on the outside. He, he has a great sense for the deep ball. Um, 
he's gained a lot of Lamar Jackson's confidence and in, in, in assurance that he can catch the ball on a route. Hollywood Brown is number four, but at the same time, he's still a top-notch wide receiver. So it, it, it depends. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think when you look at the class that he's that, that Josh Jacobs is in, he's in an elite class. I mean, to round up the top ten, uh, you got Inkel Harry out of the wide receiver from the Patriots, DK Metcalf from the Seahawks. You got Dwayne Haskins who's the quarterback of the Washington team. Noah Fant is a tight end of the Denver Broncos, and then Paris Campbell, the wide receiver from the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I think I agree with you. I think if you put Josh Jacobs in a position to be successful in these next two games, which is absolutely an opportunity to do that, you're playing the Los Angeles Chargers, okay, in L.A. It's probably going to be a Raider home game at Dignity Health Sports Park. It's going to be a Raider home game. Why not show up and show out? and then you're on the road against the Broncos the week after. Great way to finish. Great way to finish. Yeah, and we've seen the way Drew Locke has played, so from the last time we spoke till now, who knows what version of Drew Locke you'll get from Denver. If you get the version that played this past week against the Chiefs, the Raiders have a surefire shot of beating the Broncos and possibly move to 9-7-8-8 on the 2019 season and the last season in Oakland. Well, here's the thing, man. When I look at, you don't know which Phillip Rivers you're going to get when you're playing the Chargers on Sunday. Because what Phillip Rivers are you going to get? The last few games have proven that Phillip Rivers, he's a turnover machine. If you look at the last game when the Chargers played the Raiders in Oakland, he turned the ball over in the fourth quarter, which allowed the Raiders to be successful and get a W. So, to me, I think the Raiders have an advantage because if they put enough pressure on Phillip Rivers, kind of cloud his reading, you know, as far as knowing how to, when he does certain reads, confuse him a bit as they did in Oakland that week uh, when they won, when the Raiders won 26-24 back on November the 7th, I think you have a great opportunity to uh, dominate that win, and then you would have swept the Chargers. So that's a positive. Uh, I think also, too, your, your Derek Carr is going to have to be a much better Derek Carr. He's going to have to be the Derek Carr that we saw against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's the Derek Carr we're going to have to see this week because when I look at Derek Carr, he does. It's not. It's not. It's supposed to be rainy, but it's not supposed to be cold. Derek Carr can perform in, in wet weather. He can't do well in cold weather. He's proven that against the Jets, Kansas City. Uh, he's 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 did terrible. It's all he's supposed. To, wet weather should not affect him. Um, I, I expect the Raiders to win this game against the Chargers. I think they go ahead and beat the Chargers. And they, they go to 7-8. and eight. Um, But the thing about it is, Derek Carr has to be careful 
of the Chargers' defense. Because say what you want about the offense, but the defense is still solid. They still have great guys like Derwin James who can move inside, outside. You have guys like on these bookends named Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa who are going to be hungry and licking their fingers at Derek Carr, especially after the film they're going to watch this week after the, 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 the Raiders lost to the Jaguars and how Derek Carr performed. Then you're going to have guys like Thomas Davis Sr. You're going to have Denzel Perriman on the inside. You still got Casey Hayward, Adrian Phillips, guys like that uh, who can still perform at a high level. So that defense under Gus Bradley is going to be pressuring Derek Carr majority of the game. So when you're Derek Carr, you got to make sure, one thing, that your line is going to make sure it stands up and shows out. But two, you give opportunities for Josh Jacobs. If you're going to continue to play Josh Jacobs, give Josh Jacobs opportunity to see the holes and get through those holes so you can keep the chains moving if you're Derek Carr. Or get an opportunity to go out and, and launch it up in the backfield for him to catch it out of the backfield and run and run his route. And able to get the first down and, pl- and more with yards after the catch to keep the chains moving. Because the problem is going to be, is Derek Carr going to have enough time to get the ball off? Because that defense is going to pressure him all game long. And they're not going to let up. Contrary to, to, to popular belief, on Sunday, the Viking, the, the, the Chargers defense didn't play bad. It was the Chargers offense that played bad and forced seven turnovers. Something that hadn't been done by a Minnesota Vikings team, I might add, in the last twenty-five years. So it wasn't the it wasn't the defense that played bad; it was the offense. So if you're the Chargers' defense and you're the Raiders' offense, you got to pay attention to that Chargers' defense because those are a bunch of hungry young lions over there, and veteran lions, I should say. But they're, they're hungry and they're pissed off and they're mad. So how do you see the Chargers and the Raiders shaping up on Sunday? Um, I agree with you. You don't know what type of Philip Rivers you would get. But with the way the Raiders' offensive line has played this season and with mixed with the young talent, as you mentioned, that the Chargers have along that defensive front, it could prove difficult for Derek Carr because Derek Carr has performed up and down this game. He could perform like he did in cold weather against the Jets, but that was in cold weather. Or he could perform like he did last time against the Chargers where he went 21-31 to for 218 yards in the black hole. He was only sacked three times in that game. But the Raiders barely squeaked it out, 26-24, to and that was in Oakland. I mean, I see, based upon that previous performance, I see, I can see the Chargers winning, especially in L.A., even though there's going to be a large contingent of Oakland fans, Raider Nation, in the Chargers stadium because... They have a problem drawing fans in L.A. But that's besides the point. Even if it acts like a home game, the Raiders barely scooped out victory the first time. Now, as they ride a four-game losing streak...
to LA, they'll be hungry, but against a team like the Chargers, you cannot afford to lay an egg, crap the bed, and lose by 20 or even lose by four again. But, and with the way the Chargers have been playing, the Chargers, I see them, I can see them pulling out a victory against the Raiders this time, especially playing on their home turf. It's definitely going to be a sloppy game. I mean, if the, if the weather forecast is accurate, I think it's about 40 or 50 percent chance of rain by game time. Um, I expect it to be a sloppy game. I expect it to to be a, a very uh, for you NFL or football purists, it's not going to be the best looking game. But I expect the Raiders to pull it out because I just think the Chargers don't have enough um, to get it done on the offensive side of the ball. And I think the Raiders have a slight advantage because they have a running back that is focused. I think they have a a, a slightly better quarterback in Derek Carr over Phillip Rivers. If I had a choice to make, I'm going to take Derek Carr over Phillip Rivers any day of the week. And that's not saying too much, but something is, as they say, something is better than nothing. Yeah, you have a point there, especially... Uh, you, have, you, do have, you do have a point there, especially with the weather. But um, if it's going to be rainy and wet there, even even with that, Josh Josh Jacobs saying that it might be a run-heavy game because of that, he, he only had... Um, I mean, looking at his stats from the first game, he he ran the ball and pounded the rock hard in that game to the tune of 71 yards and a touchdown. Also catching three passes for 30 yards. But, I mean, if you're going to run him, you'll have success on the ground against the Chargers this game. But if you're looking to put in Derek Carr's hand, you're probably not going to squeeze out the victory if you had to put all your eggs in Derek Carr. Derek Carr is a strong supporting guy, and he hasn't quite gotten that in during their losing streak. All right, coming up on the other side of the break, we'll get into who will be the X factors in the win for the Raiders getting over the Chargers in the AFC West. Make sure you stay tuned. You are listening to the Silver and Black Hole Podcast, exclusively on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, here on SB Nation. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Silver and Black Hole, here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SB Nation. I'm your host, Nick Hamilton, alongside my man, Kaylin. And so before the break, we talked about who was going, going to be the X Factor in getting the Raiders a W and ending this four-game losing streak over the Los Angeles Chargers uh, on Sunday at Dignity Health Sports Park. So, Kaylin, who's the X Factor in order to help the Raiders get a W and break this losing streak? 
I'm going to say Josh Jacobs. Because you need to run the ball hard against the Chargers if you need a chance to win. You cannot rely on Derek Carr in this game and like you haven't and couldn't rely on him the past few games. Okay, I can see that. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Raider defense. And the reason why I say the Raider defense needs, needs to get an overhaul is because when I looked at what they did on Sunday, and I'm not forgetting what they did on Sunday, uh, Sunday, giving up that lead in the fourth quarter, the Raider defense is going to have to buckle down. Much like how they buckled down the last time they faced the Chargers in Oakland back on November 7th, how they they confused Phillip Rivers on signals and reads, that's exactly what they're going to have to do this time around if they want to plan on being successful in snapping this four-game losing streak. So I'm going to put the X factor on the Raider defense, especially in the secondary. That's who's got to step up. That's who's got to make sure in addition to Josh Jacobs running well and, and Derek Carr getting enough time to get the ball off, the defense is going to play a crucial factor in their win or in their loss. So I'm putting the X factor on the Oakland Raiders defense. Yeah, I can see that point. I can see your point with their defense because – they need to stop Phil Rivers, especially in the secondary, which this year, as I've said in the past, is depleted. So their, de- their secondary definitely needs to play well and lock down on Phil Rivers to limit the effect that he has, impact that he has in this game. All right, well, that'll do it for the Silver and Black Hole. It's time for us to get up out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to us at the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, where all the other exclusive podcasts based upon the Raiders, not just this one, but so many great other ones, are available for free 99 Make sure you subscribe and download us at the Silver and Black Hole here on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network, exclusively on SB Nation. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. And you can follow Caitlin at 2WinKaitlin on Twitter. All right. There you have it. All right, Raider Nation. Let's end this losing streak now. Let's go down to LA. Let's go get a W and let's move on to Denver. All right, Raider Nation. Let's end the season on a high note. I know it's 8 and 8, but hey, it's better than having a losing streak and a losing season. All right. So, Raider Nation. Keep our heads up. Let's make it happen. And let's see. I'll see you guys in L.A. against the Chargers. And we'll be back next week to talk about that game and the future moving forward for the Oakland slash Vegas race. So next time, my man Caleb, I'm Nick Hamilton. Stay sharp. We're out. Yo, yo.
I'm from the land of the players, slick talkers and collar poppers, narcotics and boss ballers, pit bulls and the rock rollers, niggas with gold teeth, old schools on gold feet, killers and OGs, task posts and the police, Mac off the foothill, East 14 to Brady Park, Brookfield, Plymouth and Walnut Street, from the building seminary to the rolling 20s, we'll get celebrities like Big Feet and Little D, you see the East Bay Dragons, it's the home of the Panthers, with niggas like tons of crack and fans catching on camera, throw you in the slammer, it's the home of show and Shakur, nigga, uh, rest in peace. I'm from the city of dope, the town of the crack. I'm from the city of pimps, the town of the Mac. East Oakland, heat totin', Ebonic speech broken, keep joking. The loonies about to have the streets smoking. Found top, y'all keep smoking. Hey, we got the killer throwing eight. Heron and kilos for days. It's the city of the warriors, the home of the A's. Where niggas get sideways, shoot out some highways, nigga. East Oakland, bitch. I'm a raider. Qualify me in the Hall of Pimpology 
as an Oakland Raider. What? Uh, I'm the first one of dubs. What? I'm an Oakland Raider, baby. That's right, representing the town, Eastside Oakland. You know how we do it. Eastside, oh, nigga, straight up take your hoe. Dollars all day long. You know how we do it in the town. Crystal, Big Dank, that's the way we roll. Old school, sitting on 20s. It don't make no difference. Floating, doing it all. Get them nigga from the East of Mountain Mall.